Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, as always, Mr. Patrick Farrell. How are you this week, Paddy? Um, positively fantastic. We're recording this on a wet, blustery, windy, absolutely drenchly rainy day. Um, but life is good. You know, we're our benevolent overlords have you know kept us in our house forever. Um, I, I think we will be able to survive with that. Um, so I'm quite happy at the moment. Um, it's Thursday today. Well, it's Sunday today when we're recording this, but Thursday when people are listening to this or onwards after that. So I hope nothing else has, I don't know, a meteor or anything hasn't hurt, hit hurt in the, the meantime between recording this and it being released. Um, but if it has, then you'll find me under a rock, um, hiding, cowering, doing whatever. But anyway, Gary, that's all a complete aside. Apart from, you know, asking you how you are, which I don't really care about, um, what are we actually going to talk about today? So what we're going to talk about today is a, a question that we got asked in the Triage Method community, which is our free open access Facebook group, which you should be a member of, I would hope. Um, but if you're not, get involved. If you are, you may have seen this question. And this question came in and it relates to uh, intensity boosting techniques, you could say, or density boosting techniques. And what that refers to are what you'll see referred to in like the scientific research in exercise science as like resistance training systems. So different systems that you can implement um, to, to kind of structure your sets and reps. So this includes things like supersets, drop sets, rest pause sets, giant sets, escalated density training, etc. So lots of different things with lots of different names. And even sometimes you'll see these different techniques named differently by different people or different businesses or whatever. But fundamentally, it all just comes down to different deviations from the kind of standard three sets of 10 with one to two minutes rest or whatever it happens to be. So we're moving away from straight sets with standard rest periods and we're moving to some sort of uh, other variation where we're maybe doing two exercises in a row or we're dropping the weight um, or we're just taking really short rest periods, something along those lines. And the question fundamentally is what do we use most often or what do we see value in? Because you can get you know, caught up here with the paradox of choice when you're writing training programs because you see all these different options available and you think to yourself, why not use drop sets? Why not use supersets? Why not use rest pause sets? Why not use them all the time? Um, and for me, there are a couple of things that I come back to and use relatively regularly and there's always a reason for doing so, um, even if that reason is just novelty. So first things first, one of the uh, intensity techniques, intensity boosting techniques, if you will, um, that I use quite regularly is, is rest Actually, pause. Just, just before we get Go into ahead. that, we should just say that the, the main driver of hypertrophy and strength is probably, you know, regardless of who you ask, they're going to say it's progressive overload. And what they really mean by that is like getting stronger over time because you know when people talk about progressive overload we've talked about it before they kind of put the the cart before the horse and think that you need to add more weight before you actually get stronger but it is actually the opposite way around but that's the main driver right so that's our bias going into this you know you might talk to someone who is i don't know an enhanced athlete and they might be like look i realistically can't progressively overload stuff you know much more because i don't know i'm squatting fucking 240 kilos for eight you know it's like 
it's just it gets impractical after that so they might have a different perspective on the answering of this question and what's useful for them based on the fact that there are limitations for them actually progressing in the the most optimal manner for for a a quote-unquote normal person right so that's why you see a lot of the the issues crop up with this discussion you know because people are actually not addressing the same question when they answer this question right um but having said that that's our bias going into answering this question our bias is you're going to use a method that gets you stronger over time in you know we'll say a rep range of whatever six to 15 roughly you know there are obviously benefits in the lower rep ranges for strength whatever there's obviously benefits in the higher rep ranges for endurance even hypertrophy everything you know but that's our bias going into this so do you agree with that gary yeah and fundamentally like that that is it's an intention which is what matters because i think sometimes people conflate the intent of progressing the stimulus um, with adding weight to the bar each week. And that's not the same thing. Okay. The, the rate at which you're able to add weight to the bar is the result of the adaptations that have taken place because you progress the stimulus and the rate of adaptations is going to vary over time. It's considerably between individuals and it's going to slow down as you become a more trained individual. So if you're an experienced individual, you're not going to be seeing the same rate of adaptations. And as a result, if you think of progressive overload as simply being the ability to add more weight to the bar, then you might think that your training is not actually appropriate. Whereas it may very well be because you have the intent to progress the stimulus in some way. And that is then going to lead to the adaptations, even if they do take place at a slower rate. And with that said, the this this concept of of progression or progressive overload it can occur on multiple different um, levels or could be categorized differently like one way is obviously just adding more weight to the bar and with everything else being fixed another way would be you know adding more um, sets in, in to a given session you're progressing the stimulus in some way what you're doing is you're progressing the overall work that you're doing and as a result of that you would hope that you get the adaptations then that allow you to do that work so it's not just a case of the absolute strength it's also your capacity to to handle work and all these other things but that's not the purpose of this podcast just understand that as we walk through these different uh, intensity or density boosting techniques so before you get into it again just as another final caveat like obviously the environment dictates this as well because you know what we might recommend when you have access to a fully kitted out gym Mm -hmm. everything whatever you want you, you have access to it versus maybe I know a CrossFit gym where it's like, oh, you have a barbell and, you know, some racks and whatever. Like you don't have a huge amount of equipment and versus obviously what a lot of people are going through this year for potentially the first time training from home, you know? So the the quote unquote ideal, you know, way to progress or to stimulate the, the adaptations you want is going to be dictated by that. And as a result, that's going to change our recommendations in terms of, oh, we would normally recommend this, you know, but because of the limitations we have, because of the environment we're in, this is how we would potentially progress, you know, whatever. Yeah, and and the two things that I probably use the most would be rest, pause sets, and supersets. They're the two main things that I use that I would call, I guess, intensity or density boosting techniques. The first of those, rest, pause, 
is basically what 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 you're doing here for those who aren't aware is as suggested as is suggested in the name you come towards the end of your set with a given weight so for example i might do 10 to 12 reps at my 12 rep max then what i do is i take three to five breaths that's generally what i say to people just gather your breath a little bit it might be five to ten seconds or so maybe a little bit more maybe a little bit less and then what you do is you get back in and you do a few more reps. So generally, what the way I will program that is something like do 20 reps at your uh, 12 to 15 rep max. Uh, so in the first set, they might do 12 reps. Then they might get three in the next set. That brings them to 15. They might get three in the next set. It brings them to 18. And then they get two on the final set, bringing them to 20. So what they've done is they've done four little like micro sets, you could say the latter three of which were done in a fatigued state. And as a result, the, the, the overall stimulus is different than it would have been had they carried out four overall sets. So they're getting more work done in less time. Um, and because they were already fatigued, you're doing more of that work um, at slow movement velocities. Um, so you're being challenged to a greater degree. You're pushing the muscle further. Um, so so w- what I see value in there is not necessarily any like, I don't think there's any like real novel um, hypertrophic mechanism that you're leveraging when you use something like a rest pause set. Like, yeah, you're doing more work closer to failure. Um, That's great. You're increasing your overall volume per set, if you want to call that one set. But the main thing that, that I look at there is that this allows the person to finish their session quicker um, than, than if they were to just do straight sets across every single exercise. So very often what I will do is, is something like at the end of the workout, if I'm looking down to the, the program that I've written for someone and it's like exercise A, B, C, D, E, F, like if I see F on a program or G on a program, I'm like, this is getting a bit long. And the thing with that is that the effort that you put into your last two or three exercises is never going to be the same that you put into the first two or three exercises. You know, you're fatigued, you're kind of looking forward to your post-workout meal. You want to get home, you know, you've got work, whatever it happens to be. So inter injecting some sort of means of novelty towards the end of the workout can be quite nice. So if someone knows that on their last set or, or on their last exercise, they've got bicep curls and it's just two sets of 20 rest pause rather than doing four total sets, then like that's a lot of work it's not going to take that long because they're just doing two rest pause sets or maybe even just one rest pause set generally if someone was starting off with this i would just do one rest pause set um and then what it allows them to do is get a lot of hard reps in uh, really quickly and because they know there's a set target and it's something more novel then people might put in a little bit more effort as a result uh, so so the novelty and the enjoyment factor for me is quite important there but with that said, when you are thinking about using things like rest pause sets, you always have to, you know, pick your battles wisely. Like don't do a set of 20 rest pause on deadlifts. You know, it's just not wise. You're going to be ridiculously fatigued. So anytime you want to do an exercise, that's really very dependent on skill where you have to coordinate a lot of different things. I would rarely use rest pause, um, on something like that. I would be more in favor of using rest pause when someone is doing a, a more, Uh, quote-unquote isolation exercise okay but not even just isolation exercises also exercises that have lower skill 
bands and stability built in built into them so things like a chest press machine or even a leg press or something along those lines rather than kind of free weight exercises that do involve a lot more skill so i'm a big fan of rest pause sets um i do i do think they can be really helpful and even even now when when we're training at home and people have access to less equipment this can be a really nice way to get an effective training stimulus you know it might be that you only have a uh, I don't know, you only have really light dumbbells that you can do some lunges with. So you do some rest pause because you hit a, you set a really high rep target and you do 30 and then you get 10 more and then you get 10 more. There you go, you finish your set. So, so yeah, there's, there's many reasons you could use them, but, but I like rest pause sets. Do you, do you use them yourself, Patty? Do you program them? Yeah, there's, there's two things I want to say on that. First of all, like rest pauses, like rest pause sets, the, the lower down in reps you get with them, like, First of all, people start calling those cluster sets, which both of them are yeah. effectively the exact same thing. They're just yeah, they're similar. They're 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 just training a a, a different end goal effectively because people use cluster sets for strength because I put that in like inverted commas because like yeah. when they say strength they mean like low rep strength, but they use them for that because again you're able to handle heavier weights, right? And um, so. Again, you might you want to use them in that manner, but again, you have to program it appropriately. Like, don't use your your three rep max and try to get I don't know eight reps um, or whatever. You know, maybe that is appropriate for whatever the exercise is. But what Gary was saying there about you know don't do rest pauses with you know deadlifts or something. You could potentially use cluster sets with sure. yeah. deadlifts. You know, so there are ways to, to navigate this the the stuff that you have available to you and depending on the end goal so you just have to be actually be very clear in terms of what the end goal is because a lot of people end up using these intensity or density boosting uh, techniques just because they they want to sweat more they want to work harder right and not necessarily because they actually want to get a better stimulus you know like people want to feel like oh i've worked really hard and so that is one thing to take keep in mind when we're discussing this and like gary said you know maybe at the end or towards the end of your workout where it's like yeah we want to make sure that you feel like you've worked really hard on these muscle groups even though they're getting you know less overall attention because you know time is limited you only have whatever an hour to work out and then we want to know that we got an effective set even if or an effective workout for those muscle groups even if you know, that's possibly not the most effective way that we could have potentially trained those muscles because we're limited by time, equipment, environment, whatever it is, right? And then second to that, and kind of further to it, um, another way I like to use rest pauses, so yeah, I am a fan, everything Gary said, 100% agree with. Um, another way I like to use it is if we are doing a workout where you know, let's say take the lower body, for example, this is a more posterior chain focused workout, right? But we want to touch on the quads a little bit, right? So we would do the posterior posterior chain work first, and then we might go into, you know, maybe uh, three sets of something, you know, whatever, a hack squat or something. And then we're going to do a rest pause set on, I don't know, quad extensions or something like that. So that I'm like, I know, even though we only did four total sets in this workout, you know, in terms of the quad stimulus and the rest of it, whatever we did, however many sets for hamstrings. Basically, we did lower volume for this muscle group. I still know it was an effective stimulus, even though we're not prioritizing it at this time, because you got quite a lot of, we'll call them effective reps in because, you know, you got 
you effectively went beyond failure with uh, this rest pause technique, you know? So I do like to do them in, in that context as well when we're effectively doing a workout for another muscle group, but we're, you know, touching on uh, another muscle group. So for the touching on muscle group, I might put in a rest pause set just so I'm like, even though this isn't the main focus, we, we know we've, we've hit them, you know, adequately. Yeah, completely agree. And you mentioned cluster sets there as well. And I think it's just worth mentioning quickly that like there are like sometimes cluster set strategies, like for example, I don't Scott Stevenson's um, like muscle rounds concept is something that I actually quite like. Like I know a lot, a lot of bodybuilders use it and there's some other things he uses like zigzag, zigzag sets and stuff like that. But muscle rounds in particular, like is kind of a nice way to look at it because what you're doing with muscle rounds, which is typically like six sets of four reps. But the thing here is that it makes it different from a, like a rest pause, like we're talking about because rest pause, what you're doing is you're basically taking yourself to failure on the first 10 to 12 reps or whatever. And then you're cranking out far less in subsequent sets. Whereas with something like muscle rounds, at least as Scott Stevenson would recommend that you do, you're typically like leaving a bit in the tank on those first sets. So you might do six sets of four seconds rest. So your first set of four might be with your eight rep max. And then your next set of four, you're like, oh God, it feels like I'm only two from failure. Then your third set of four, you're like, oh, that was like one from failure. And then maybe your last three clusters of four are kind of really pushing you to the point of failure where the last two like really feel really, really tough. That's typically the way people implement them when they implement them properly. Um, so that's another thing that you could play around with. And, you know, just because it's six sets of four, you know, in the standard method doesn't mean you couldn't play around with that. You could have it so that you do, you know, three sets of five or you could- and like we used, we used to do like five sets of five. Yeah, we used to do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, look, training is, it's, it's, it's fundamentally open-ended. And while we put, names on these techniques there's many different ways you you could play around with it and i think once you have a reason for what you're doing like that's really what matters like sometimes i think people don't really have a reason they kind of just put things in because they're novel and because they kind of make things seem special um but that's not always a great idea either because if you just do like drop sets rest pause sets and cluster sets for your whole workout like you'll be absolutely fried and that's kind of the risk here is just knowing where to put them in and why you're using what you're using so what yeah, would be I the next say, thing I, I should say this as well like i'm going to link it as well below right. i wrote an article on just like superset techniques because that's the next one we're going to get into um, and there's a few different ways you can put that together and if gary ever decides to start writing articles again and um, he does have a few planned which will go through a lot of this stuff and um, he says he, he assures me that he'll have a few articles written by christmas um but look we'll, yes, we'll see what happens um but uh yeah, so we will have more information on site. We do also have a lot of you know background theory stuff on site already, so you can just learn that stuff. And of course, if you're a coach, get in the coach's corner and we can discuss this stuff. Um, but anyway, that's that's an aside. The next thing that I actually really like is supersets, as we were saying there. Um, and this is basically you know you you pair two exercises back to back, right? Um, and that can be with rest, with rest, or with very little rest, or no rest, right? And the way I generally program supersets is antagonistic supersets. And that's effectively where, you know, we're doing whatever the chest muscles, that's the first exercise. And then the next exercise, we're doing the back muscles, right? Or again, in the arms, you might be doing a bicep exercise, superset with a tricep exercise, right? And I like that because you're still able to get a really quality stimulus in both of those muscle groups, because even though there is, you know, some crossover in terms of like, 
when you're doing a, a tricep extension, for example, like your bicep is still working, you know, it is still like lengthening. It's still, you know, decelerating. It's still doing all like stabilization. It is still working. However, because it's not the, the main driver of the, the exercise, it is getting some rest during that exercise. So you effectively have, we'll say whatever you do, bicep curls, you have 40 seconds rest. So it seems like, you know, the pace of the actual workout is still kept nice and high. You go into your tricep extensions, but then after that, you have 40 seconds rest before you're into your bicep curls. So you might have like nearly three minutes off between actual sets of bicep curls, right? Even though you've been doing something in that time in between, right? So I really like that because again, it keeps the, the workout pace nice and high. And um, it's really good if you are, uh, we'll say an anaerobic sport athlete in terms of you're able to keep that pace even though you know you don't always want to be working in the same you know uh energy system as you are training in your actual sport but as that's an aside it's a further discussion we've talked about energy systems etc before um but that's something that i really like because you are still able to get a really effective stimulus without having to just wait around like you could do three sets of bicep curls and then go into your three sets of tricep extensions, you know, or whatever. I'm just, they're just two random exercise uh, examples, but you get the idea. You you could just do that and go three, three sets straight through and then three sets say straight through. But if you were to take the same rest period in between your sets, what it takes as a superset, whatever, five minutes to do, you know, well, not five minutes, 10 minutes to do. And it takes 20 minutes to do if you're not supersetting it, right? So it's a really effective way to get more still high quality work done in less time right so i really like supersets there are other ways to obviously do this and again in the article there's you know loads of ways described and um, for different goals depending on the actual situation that you you find yourself in you know but the other one the other main one that you will see you know recommended is a superset of you know uh the same muscle group being worked back to back right and there's multiple ways people do this they might do what's called like a pre-exhaust they might do like a a, a post-exhaust and they might do like the still both of the exercises are still the same in terms of the, the rep range choice but one of them is less like neurologically demanding some people will do like a uh, plyometric type type stuff even though it's the same muscle group like they'll do a, a heavier exercise straight into a, a more plyometric exercise or a heavier exercise into a more hypertrophy exercise like there's multiple ways that you can do this however for most of them unless there's a very clear reason for it for me i don't really use those for the majority of my programming the only time i ever really use it is potentially if we're in a situation like we are now where you know someone might have uh a few dumbbells, a bench, whatever, and they might get up to say, maybe they have you know, adjustable dumbbells and it goes up to 30 kilos, right? But they're normally in the gym, they're doing incline bench press with 50 kilos, you know, not unheard of, you know, it's just a fairly, you know, average, well, I wouldn't say average, but fairly good going with an incline uh, dumbbell bench press, right? But they're at home and now they're like, I don't really have anywhere to progress this, right? And yeah, we could definitely do more and more and more and more reps, but if they were already doing, I know 12 reps with 50 kilos, like it's very hard for them to do a set of 40 with 30, you know, like it's just like, like other muscles are fatiguing before their chest is actually in a, a, a position to, you know, be fatigued. So you could, you could potentially just do more volume in terms of do more reps. As I said, that can run into issues, but you could also just do more sets. But again, like nobody really likes working 20 reps from failure 
on a on a set like it's kind of boring it's like you're just kind of going through the motions and even if you take short rest periods like again it's kind of a bit boring right but in that case you might do something like a superset with that exercise even though you didn't reach failure you might then go to a lighter exercise like we'll say incline dumbbell flies right and in that case you might do something that's relatively heavy like you do your whatever amount of reps you can do with those 30 and then you drop down to a lighter weight and do more reps with your your incline flies right so in circumstances like that i I do like those kind of pairing of the same muscle groups being trained back to back but outside of that it's not like it's not something that i'm programming regularly unless someone is like i wouldn't mind just getting more of a pump i like that kind of feeling of like at the end of a chest workout or whatever muscle group it is i like feeling really really pumped up and it makes me feel like i've really you know given everything to that workout and even if it's that's not the most effective way to actually train like you do have to take into account all that like the psychology around training like people like to have that feeling of like oh yeah i just exhausted the chest at the end of that you know so i would potentially bring in something like that and you know even then going further than that like a a tri set which is basically similar to what we're talking about except there's three exercises back to back and and then in that case you know which we'll get onto in a second presumably like something like a drop set could also be used um or strip sets they're sometimes called um if you're just like it's a case of i really just want to get a a filthy pump like that's 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 the goal for this part of the the workout it's like let's drive as much blood into the muscle as possible like like i used to really like that uh, depending on the client like i used to work with a few more like bodybuilding orientated clients and for for those you might do something like something a little bit heavier for your a series you might do something uh you know in say an eight to twelve rep for your your b series and then like your c series you might do again something like an eight to twelve but then in your d series you might be like okay let's you know really just drive blood we're only going to do like one maybe two sets for this exercise but the goal of this is as much we'll call it metabolic stress as possible even though i don't think that is a a main main driver of hypertrophy i'm like it does for individuals in like the bodybuilding sphere like they like feeling like their muscle is just pumped full of blood you know so something like that where you either use like drop sets in that case or you know supersets like strip sets or sorry um not strip sets supersets of like or triceps you know where you're just going down in those exercises something like even like um a 6 12 25 like that used to be a, a very you know prominent one where you do a heavy set of six and then you do uh another exercise similar exercise for eight or, or sorry i should say 12 um, and then you do another exercise for like 25 reps and the goal is like you know maximal like blood in the muscle like other people there's other goals with that style of training but that's just what i would use it for and um, so yeah they're like it's not something that i would definitely use often but i could definitely make a rational argument for why i'm including that in a program would you agree gary yeah and i think just one kind of final one with the the supersets at least from a hypertrophy perspective because like you can talk about like complex training or as you call in your article i think neural plyometric training something like that and like there's other there's little like sporting applications you could bring in here but from a hypertrophy perspective the other thing that that i consider here is what I'll sometimes do if people have particular injuries is I'll use supersets that kind of like the, they might do one exercise. Like an example would be, right. My shoulder gets a bit sore when I do this incline 
press um, with a certain load or whatever, or if I'm going to failure. So they might do the first exercise where they do their incline press variation, but they actually stay like four or five reps from failure. So they're getting in the same exercise, same plane of movement. We're still training it, but we're staying much further from failure. And then we kind of finish the stimulus by them doing like a cable fly or something in a different plane of movement or the same plane, but just with a different resistance profile or because it's cables, it doesn't feel as bad. And they're able to push the stimulus to failure while still training the incline press, but it's, it's not aggravating the shoulder as much. Um, and then similarly, you could do the opposite situation where you actually use a cable fly first. So the chest is already really fatigued. So we now need to use a lot less weight on the incline press and we're not aggravating that shoulder. So you could apply that to many different body parts and it's very much a case of what is aggravating um, a particular area and then what you can find as a replacement for that. Because it's like most of the time we, we probably suggest, you know, if you've got a, a joint that's quite sore, very specific to one exercise, then let's maybe pull that exercise out for a while, swap it, and then bring it back in, gr- gradually expose yourself. But it's not all, that's not always necessary. A lot of the time you can still keep training the exercise. Uh, and this is one way to keep on doing that. So, so yeah, I think we covered all the, the things as, as it relates to supersets. The, the other thing that I suppose people talk about a lot is, is drop sets. And honestly, I rarely use drop sets. Um, I don't use them that often. The odd time what I'll do is like, if I'm writing a program and um, it's like, uh, let's say it's a four week block then what I might do is on weeks three and four, as we're kind of pushing things a little harder, I might say last set, add in a drop set. Um, I will drop the weight 30% and work to failure. And that's t- the, typically when I'm bringing that in, it's, it's again when I'm thinking, look, adding more overall work is just not practical from a time perspective. But what is practical here is adding just another bit to the stimulus, especially for muscle groups that I think could handle a lot more and they're trying to work on. So it's typically something like arms, uh, some sort of arm training, maybe some lateral raises or some leg extensions. So it's not like I'm saying on your last set of squats, you know, work all the way to failure. It's very often, again, similar examples to the rest pause. So it'll either be something like uh, them using rest pause to shorten the, shorten the time or something like last set, do a drop set or do a rest pause set to just increase that stimulus and a little bit further. But, but yeah, they're not something that feature very often in, in my arsenal, to be honest, the, the drop sets these days. Yeah. I'd be the same. Like I, I actually do like them in terms of, yeah. I, I like the feeling you get when you train them, <laughs> but uh, it's also just not, like the, the fatigue you get from them is not necessarily as beneficial as other methods you could potentially use. However, what I do like them for is when you are trying to push overall volume of the workout, like you might think this individual would do better if we could do five sets of this exercise. They're not really able to progress the amount of weight used for whatever reason, you know, it just maybe the gym doesn't have it. They don't have it, whatever, you know, but we're like, uh, I don't want to spend another 10 minutes doing this exercise there's other stuff we need to get done or again like the workout is already like an hour long i know like if you talk to bodybuilders they're like yeah man i spent three hours in the gym and they're the ones that you know potentially then they could use you know drop sets or something whatever because they, they don't really care about the time commitment they're basically treating it as a full-time job and um, but for most average people they're spending you know 40 to 80 minutes in the gym you know and um, for that case i, I do like something like a drop set for like maybe the last set, like you said, for that, for a particular muscle group, like we might again have three exercises for chest, maybe on the last one, we might be like, right, I just want you to 
do a drop set because ideally I would like to see you do more volume for your chest, but we're limited by time. Um, but we could definitely put in an extra minute to two minutes of work for our chest. And you could use a rest pause set for this. Um, but potentially, again, whatever limitations are for the individual, whatever, we're like, okay, actually, all I want you to do for this exercise is do a drop set. And I want you to get you know somewhere in the range of one to three drops in terms of you might drop off <clears throat> 30% of the weight, as Gary said, whatever it is, you know, it could be 20%. We'll say 20 to 50%, depending on what we're looking for. And then you might go go close to failure, maybe one to two reps shy of failure, do another drop and get like near enough to failure as you can. And then that final one, like just give it everything, right? Like that can be good if you're like, again, I'm short on time and I would really ideally like to push volume a bit more but I don't have the the capability of doing it. I like it for that. But again, it's not something that features regularly in my training. I, I prefer to manipulate other variables before I get to that, you know? Um, like, for example, I might do harder exercises that take less time in terms of, and I mean, harder for the actual muscles we're trying to train. Like, for example, you might do a squat, which is, you know, a great all round exercise, you know, trains lots of things. But for most people, it doesn't really effectively train the quads all that well unless you're well built for it right so i feel like right it takes you 20 minutes like for me like one <clears throat> like my eight rep max in the back squat is like 180 kilos you know like even just loading that up and warming up today up to that takes like 20 minutes you know whereas it's not a very effective stimulus like i'm six foot five and um, it's not a very effective stimulus for my quads per se like my ass for sure gets huge doing them but you know, for me, I might be like, right, first of all, this exercise is taking ages to do, and it's not even effective for the goal of what I want for it in terms of quad development. I'm just saying that's my goal for it, right? And so I'm just going to switch onto something like a hack squat, right? I could go for a leg press, but again, leg press, you're going to get up to like fucking 300 kilos for a set of eight. So it's like, okay, I still don't want to be loading the exercise hugely. So I'm going to use something like a hack squat, right? And so something like that, like that's that I would, I would look to manipulate that before I started looking to manipulate, oh, we want to do more volume. So let's maybe do a drop set here. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what I would do first. I would look to exercise selection and be like, are we actually milking what we're already doing? And if not, then it's like, that's where we go. If we are, then, okay, then we start looking at maybe manipulating, you know, some extra little, like a, you know, volume boosting set at the end of one of these exercises that we're doing, you know, and that would be my perspective on it anyway. Like I, you can make a lot of rational arg arguments in terms of why and when you would potentially use something like a drop set. Like, especially if you are, I don't know, say, uh, looking for more endurance type uh, adaptations, you could be like, well, maybe there's some extra benefit there, some like vascularization and, um, you know, we could maybe argue, argue for potentially some better vascularization. Like maybe you're like, I actually just like having really vascular arms and you're like, this maybe help might help with that, you know? So like obviously getting more and more blood flow to the area, like we could make a mechanistic potential hypothesis as to that being beneficial, something like BF4 straps. And um, again, you could maybe make an argument, but like a lot of that is not like, this is like, this isn't, this is, deals with like something that 1% of the population, the training population, I should say, which is already, you know, minuscule um, is going to ever have to think about, you know? Yeah. Um, so for me, I think like 
they're they're the big pillars really that i think most people think about when they think about intensity or density boosting techniques there are other things you could bring into the conversation like for example your exercise order like pre-exhaust like do you do a really light um or not a light an isolation exercise first before your more compound exercises those types of things but they're kind of a broader exercise order um discussion and we can't we're not going to discuss every programming variable here but they're the main ones i think that are that are covered within the the kind of density or intensity boosting techniques the one um, i just want to just touch on there because it was actually in the question and it is something that i've actually been using a bit more of with oh, yes. clients during the lockdown and that is escalated density training which is just a, a type of training i actually don't know who made it up originally i do know that like it's been around for fucking eons like i remember being told about it because like uh, like i've been involved in like fighting in various capacities like my whole life um but i remember like fighters really like to do this kind of training because it's timed and they don't necessarily need to have a huge amount of weight like for example they might do like chin-ups and dips so it's a superset already but what they'll do is they'll set a time for 20 minutes and they'll use a weight on a dip belt or just body weight if that's what's going um and they'll do somewhere in the range of like six to 12 reps you know they'll just pick a rep range and that the rep range they're using is away from failure in terms of they're not using their 12 rep max for this but anyway then they set a timer and you just basically superset between those exercises back to back and the first goal is to get obviously all your reps through you know there's two ways to think about it in terms of some people like to stay on that exercise until they've got all their reps you know so they might be like the goal is 12 reps with my 20 rep max right um and maybe they might drop off they might get i don't know three sets in and they might be down to only getting 10 reps there's two ways to kind of uh, approach this like you can just go to your next exercise there and continue on maybe you might start dropping off more and more reps as the sets go on then or some other people like to go just you're not allowed onto the next exercise until you've hit all 12 reps you know so there's no real right or wrong it really just depends on the goal what you're actually trying to achieve but that that can be nice you get a lot of high quality work done in a, a 20 minute slot that you know it's only going to take 20 minutes because that's the time limit um so that's something that people really enjoy well certain populations really enjoy it's quite quite hard training like you're you're like sweating you're you're, you're pumping weight or pumping pumping sweat um but then the progression for that you know you might try to get more rounds done in that 20 minute slot or if you're like i've actually just you know tapped out the amount of rounds i can get done like if you're doing like i don't know whatever 10 12 rounds it's like you're like you're you're going for it right and um, i should say that you're still keeping some attention to tempo you're not just going like all hell for letter like get as many reps as possible and um, which is like you know that is a potential you could use an amrap approach um but you're still using a high quality you know tempo high quality exercise execution getting your reps done and then when you've maximized the amount of rounds you can do in that 20 minutes then you just up the weight you know so that's that's something that i like especially when you're at home and it's like right there's not a huge way that i can i can't get close to my 12 rep max for what i have available to me but i'd like to get a lot of high quality work done that's something that i use you know sweet anything else to say on that no sir Okay, Gary, so where can people find more about us, who we are, our stuff, you know, the coach's corner, coaching? Like I know people probably realistically aren't interested right now in getting coaching because, well, in Ireland anyway, and I know England, I think if this comes out on Thursday, I think that's when they get their final decision as to 
whether things are officially closing down. It could be closed down. I don't know. I don't pay attention to the news these days because it's all doom and gloom and fake. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, maybe people aren't interested in online coaching at the moment. Maybe people are. Who knows, Gary? Like, we'll just have to see. Time will tell. But if you are interested, because I know probably the majority of people are going to come out of Christmas and be like, right, January, now I let myself go during the last two three four lockdowns whatever happens um let's you know get on the the bandwagon like you can get in touch now if you want and be like right can i secure a place for january like we're not a, not opposed to that and um, or perhaps you want to buy coaching as a gift for a uh your spouse yep. or something like that's that's an option i know people sometimes do that anyway guy where can people find us all that jazz yeah. So first things first, this question was asked in the triage method community, which means that you should be in there if you would like to, you know, engage with us. And then, you know, Paddy had, Paddy had already answered this question within the group. So, you know, if this is a topic of interest, it would be wise to be in there. Um, you can also join the coaches corner if you're a coach yourself and you want to, you know, get on the path to upskilling, whether that be just having more coaching resources available to you in terms of documentation, um, guidance on writing programs, what cues to use, etc. all those types of things, but also the basic theory of running behind your training and your nutrition and um, rehab and anatomy, all those types of things. So yeah, because I should just say on that, because we were basically thinking for a while, like, oh, will we do a course? You know, you see all the people like yeah. on YouTube and whatever else are like, oh, we'll do a course. You know, and we looked into it a lot in terms of we were like, will we do like a certificate, like actually get them qualified as a personal trainer? However, like that's realistically not what people need. Like, well, yeah, we could argue that the industry should be better and have better regulations in terms of who can get qualified, but people can get qualified overnight if they want right? That's that it is what it is, right? However, what we would like to do is, you know, increase the, the, the service that's available to personal trainers across the world um, and upskill all of the personal trainers. And that's not necessarily something you can do with an initial, you know, certificate, right? Because people who have already got their certificate are generally not going to go back and do another certificate in the, the basics, you know? However, if you jump in the coach's corner, it's like you are getting a supporting environment that's to support you and your knowledge acquisition forever, you know, like that, that's what we want to have, you know, and you don't need to necessarily join forever to do that. You can join for a month, two months, and then be like, right, I got all I needed, you know, maybe I'll come back in another six months. Like that's what we designed it for. Like, I don't care if people do that, you know, and um, I'd rather people got good use out of it and got what they needed from it. Um, but yeah, so we did think about doing a course for ages, but I think actually having a, a membership site is actually more effective in terms of how many people you can actually help and how you can help. Because once we create the course, the course is done. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, we might upgrade it every so often, but I'd rather have something that's like a, a living organism where someone asks a question in the group and it's like, all right, cool. Let's actually answer that question. Let's do an in-depth video here. Let's do a few case studies here. You know, it's like, it, it's actually more, you know, organic in terms of it's actually addressing what people need rather than what oh the, we, we think you might need this potentially uh this is why you have this this course you know but anyway that's that's a sales pitch for you if you'd like to read more that's linked below and um, you can obviously always reach out to us again there's a contact page on our website there's all that stuff like the two of us are pretty much off social media these days because it's kind of shit and um, however youtube youtube is you know it's good it's the way forward yep um, so do subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, of course, and leave a review. 
And also, the only thing is that we keep saying leave a review, right? But the majority of people have swapped over to Spotify, and Spotify doesn't Good. offer reviews, you know. Um, well, at least follow then. Give us the follow, like we're we're steadily climbing, and the more followers we get, I think we have five hundred and something followers on Spotify, um, because people are migrating over, um. But I think once you get over a thousand, you know, the, the algorithm gods do start, you know, pushing you a little bit more. So, you know, tell your friends about us. That would be, that would be nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, other than that, as I said, Facebook group, you can just subscribe to the Facebook uh, or not subscribe. What do you do on Facebook? You follow, you like the page. You like um, the page. And you could also follow us on Instagram. And that's all the places that you can find us. Oh, and the newsletter as well. Subscribe to that in the description box. All in the description. Anyway, Gary, what's life like ahead for you in the next few months? Let's just finish this up on a nice high note because I know you have a load of exams and people, you know, you don't have Instagram anymore. So people are wondering like. Well, firstly, I've got a, a Chinese waiting for me on the table outside. So I will be brief. Um, I've, got, I've got an exam tomorrow, uh, which is, well, I had, an ex- I had an exam on Wednesday, which was on anatomy, neuroanatomy. Um, so that's done. That was fine. Um, two to two and a half easy, if I may say so myself. Um, <laughs> I don't like saying that four results come out, but uh, but yeah, no, it was fine. It was grand. Um, then tomorrow I've got another exam, um, which is just on, again, all neuro stuff. And then I've got exams again in four weeks time. I've got three, no, four exams. One of them is a, like a practical exam. And I've also got I've got a literature review to do the same week and two or three more essays and an oral presentation. So November is going to be a fun time. <laughs> and then are you done until after Christmas? I've done on the 14th of December until the first week in January um, or the end of the first week, roughly. Phenomenal. Right. So, so everyone can expect lots of articles, lots of content over that period. Yep. My Christmas is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, peace out guys. Hope you all survive, live, enjoy, do whatever you can do in this fucking pandemic.